Greetings, AP coordinators. Welcome to a very special episode of Coordinated. Today, we have a recorded replay of Trevor Packer's live presentation at the AP Fall Update for 2022. A quick note, during Trevor's presentation, he references a slide with seven subjects that are available as options for in-school digital testing in May 2023. Those seven subjects are AP Computer Science Principles, AP English Language and Composition, AP English Literature and Composition, AP European History, AP Seminar, AP U.S. History, and AP World History Modern. Also, Trevor mentions a URL for more information on digital testing, and then later, an email address to inquire about the pilot for AP African American Studies. No need to pause the episode to write those down. Both the URL and the email address are in the show notes for your convenience. So, Without further ado, here is episode 152 of the Coordinated Podcast. Here is Trevor Packer, Senior Vice President of APN Instruction with the 2022 AP Fall Update. Hi, good afternoon or good evening or good morning, depending on your location. I'm going to speak very quickly. One of the challenges of a community of educators that involves 38 different subject areas is that there is a lot of information that is subject specific that uh, requires fast speaking. I, I love the diversity of the AP community. Each subject seems to have its own personality. If you go to the AP calculus reading, for example, it's a group that loves puns. They will wear different t-shirts each year, a famous one that said, don't drink and derive, things like that. Whereas if you go to the AP computer science community, that's a group that loves costumes. There'll be one year where you go to see the computer science exam scored and all the AP computer science readers will be wearing pirate costumes and things like that. So very different communities with very different personalities and very different needs. So with that in mind, I want to start by talking about what happened with the AP exam results this past year. In 21-2022, actually, let me back up. In 2021, the AP exam scores were the lowest they had ever been in 65 years of the AP program's existence. Not surprising, the drop in scores was correlated to degree of school closures. Many schools needed to shut for uh, to address issues related to the pandemic. And as schools shut, uh, instructional time dropped and uh, instructional quality challenges emerged, as, as, as you all know well. And we saw lower scores than ever before. So there was a big question, what would happen to the AP scores in the 2021-2022 academic year, the first year with buildings reopen worldwide? And so I have those results to share with you. And uh, they're surprising in many ways, because with the, with the return to, to school openings, AP classrooms were not as full as they had been in the past. St uh, teachers had lost the time to recruit students. Learning loss had affected other students' ability to or confidence in their ability to take an AP course. So at the start of fall 2021, AP classrooms were less populated than they had been in the years prior to the pandemic. So we wondered what would happen by the time of test day. Would we also see the test participation be lower than typical? And to our surprise, that isn't what we saw. 
in May 2022 among Asian students, despite a lower number of Asian students sitting in AP classes, uh, there was a 1% gain in the number of Asian students that took AP exams. So something about the experience they were having increased their likelihood to take the AP exam, even though it was a slightly smaller population. Same with white students. There was a 1% increase in the number of white students that took AP exams, but a 10% increase in the number of Hispanic students that took AP exams, and a 13% increase in the number of Black students who did. What that means is that Black students have now regained pre-pandemic levels of AP exam participations. Other groups are not there yet, even despite those growth uh, those growth rates that you see on the screen, Asian, white, and Hispanic students remain slightly behind where they were before the pandemic. So you might ask, well, why is that? Like, how did it happen that even though smaller numbers of students sat in the classes, a higher percentage of them took the exam, and particularly higher percentages among Black and Hispanic students? What happened here is that this is this is the result of the shift that you all made uh, and that we made here in, at the AP program towards fall registration with the cancellation fee. So uh, as you'll remember, before the pandemic, we put in place a new policy because the research had found that by requiring students to register for the exam in the fall, they would be more likely to take the exam in the spring and be more likely to earn scores of three or better. The pandemic intervened. We didn't hold people to that policy. But this, this past year was the first time we did re restate that policy that students would need to register by November 15th in the fall, and there would be a $40 penalty if they chose to not take the exam. And these are the results of that, that change in policy. And they mirror the results that we had seen when we did a random control trial before the pandemic of that, of that approach. So we're thrilled, but you might ask if, if these students are now being induced somehow to stick with the AP course and take the AP exam, would we see a drop in scores because this would be sort of perhaps draconian way uh, getting students to set to take that exam that are kind of on the verge of, of readiness or preparation. So let me show you the score gains. That's not at all what we saw. Uh, for this for scores of three or higher in 2022, while there's a 1% increase in Asian students taking the exam, there was a 7% increase in Asian students scoring three or better. Among white students, there was a 9% increase scoring three or better. Among Hispanic students, a 22% increase in scores of three or better, and among Black students, a 33%. We've never seen anything like this in, in 70 years of AP data. Never have we seen this rapid of a gain in scores of three or better across all racial ethnic groups, which is in some ways surprising. I had wondered myself, would we see, uh, as more students took the exam that would have otherwise counted themselves out over the course of the academic year, would we have seen a drop in the in the number of scores of three or better, and we didn't. So congratulations to you as educators for having a vision for your students, for encouraging them to take a challenging course, especially in the year coming out of a pandemic, to take a challenging course and to achieve these truly incredible and, and once in 70 year results in gains in, in scores of three or better. So that's what happened in 2022. And I want to shift towards looking ahead to, to 2023 and, and this current academic year. One other thought on the 2022 exams, I want to salute the AP statistics teachers. In AP statistics classrooms this past year, there was a 29% increase in the number of Black, Hispanic, and American Indian students taking AP statistics. That is a massive change in the demographics of an AP classroom in a single year's time. Between 2021 and 2022, AP statistics teachers increased the diversity of their classrooms by 29%, followed closely by computer science principals teachers. 
We see on the other side of the spectrum that European history classrooms and chemistry classrooms lost diversity, that there was a 5% and a 4% decline in the number of underrepresented students taking those courses. Um, in chemistry, chemistry, just to speak to that, we, of course, have seen especially large challenges for chemistry teachers through the pandemic because AP chemistry depends so much on students covering the intro chemistry course first in high school. And with so much of that learning disrupted, it's not surprising that we would see uh, beyond chemistry teachers' control the sort of challenges of, of recruiting students and preparing them for the challenges of an AP chemistry class. But 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 so I want you to have this data and, uh, and a special congratulation to AP Statistics and AP Computer Science Principals teachers for what they've achieved in, in diversifying their classrooms. So now looking ahead to this current year, there are two decision points underway right now that I wanted to highlight and to share some intel about in case it's helpful to you in, in making the decision that's right for your students and your school community. The first big decision schools need to make right away is whether or not they're going to be doing digital testing this spring or paper testing. Um, here's a, a reminder of how that will work. Digital testing will be available in these seven subject areas in the 48 contiguous states and the District of Columbia. Other AP exams will be entirely paper and, and Chinese and Japanese as always. Uh, uh, there will be digital exams administered in schools this year. You might ask why we're focused on that and what our agenda is here. We do have an agenda to shift towards digital testing over the coming decade. We're not in a rush, but we see important reasons to move in that direction. And the first of those important reasons is that students do better on the digital exams. The digital exams are easier for students. And anything we can do to minimize testing strain and difficulty so students are actually able to focus on what they know and have learned, we feel an obligation to do. And so we hear this from teachers and hear examples of what teachers have said about, about why students find digital testing easier. They particularly highlight the notion that in a digital exam, the student only sees one question on screen at a time. And when the student needs to look at a particular passage of a, of a question, a, a passage of an English um, poem or prose excerpt, the digital exam highlights that passage for the students so they don't have to hunt for it. So we see in the data that students who are taking equated exams earn a few points more when they're taking the digital exam versus the, the print exam. So in the meantime, while they're both digital and print exams, we have to psychometrically adjust that. We have to uh, require fewer points on the paper exam so that it becomes equivalent in difficulty to the digital exam. So psychometrically, we deal with this. The scores are comparable, so it will not affect your students' scores, whether they do the digital or the paper exam, but it is an easier and better test-taking experience by and large for the students to do digital. So that is the top reason we will be moving all subjects in that direction with, with computation-based subjects like calculus and physics C last in order because much work remains to be done to ensure that that test-taking experience is optimal. The other reason we're moving rapidly in this direction is for test security. There's risk. When 5 million paper exams are sitting in locked rooms around the world, there is risk that these exams can be stolen and exposed in ways that would jeopardize the AP testing opportunity for tens and hundreds of thousands of students who have worked hard to have a fair opportunity to demonstrate their knowledge and earn college credit. The digital exam taking experience avoids this high risk of having so many pieces of paper with secure exam materials floating around the world. The third reason we're moving in this direction is it gives us a lot more flexibility for test dates. When exams are fully digital, we can provide much more easily mid-year test dates for schools that end 
their AP course midway through the year, as well as providing more flexibility in the spring for schools that would like their AP test dates slightly later or slightly earlier than they currently are. Because the digital experience allows us to forego the timeline of shipping via truck all these boxes of paper back and forth uh, around, around the world each spring and can use that time instead to give schools more flexible test dates. So we are moving in this direction. No pressure from us initially, but we are going there and want you to be aware of why we're going in that direction and encourage you to join that roadmap as soon as possible by participating in these seven subjects this spring. Now, to do that, you can uh, you can choose how many of these subjects you would like to do digital. And even within an existing subject, a digital subject, you can have some of your students test on paper and some test digitally. There's not a requirement that you go all digital in, in any of these seven subjects. Uh, total flexibility this year. On November 15th, you need to, your AP coordinator will need to indicate in the AP ordering system online that they plan to test digitally. And then the school has up until March 15th to switch back to paper if the school changes its mind. So if you think there's a likelihood that you would be doing this, your coordinator should indicate that on November 15th. That buys you, that gives you the flexibility to do digital testing, and you can change your mind up until March 15th. The, the alternate exams, the makeup testing, will be all paper testing, no digital options for the makeup testing dates. So there's a website that has all of this information on it about, about digital testing. Everything that, that a school needs to know at this point to make their decision is available at this URL, cb.org slash ap-2023-digital. So that's one big decision underway right now. Should we or should we not do digital testing in any of these subjects this year? A second big decision is at this point in the academic year, schools are starting to make decisions for how many sections of AP subjects to offer next year. Uh, schools begin to get their master schedules ready so the students can, can register in the winter and spring for next year's AP courses. And there's some madness in place as some students feel pressure to take large numbers of AP courses that I want to make sure you have data to address and that you're armed to prevent if you see student stress as an issue in your school related to the number of AP sections or the number of AP subjects they're taking. So I call this research the sort of stop the madness research. This was done by college board researchers to identify whether there are benefits to taking large numbers of AP exams in terms of college completion. And what the researchers found is that there are not benefits to college completion for taking large numbers of AP exams. After a student takes five AP exams in total in high school, in other words, that is one or two a year, we don't see incremental improvements in their college graduation rates. Up to five, we do, and especially a student simply taking one who would have otherwise taken none. That's where the slope is steepest. So what we care about most in the AP program is more students taking one AP exam and fewer students taking many. So use this research, if helpful, to calm the waters in your school if students are feeling that pressure. We've sent this to admissions officers around the country, and we're heartened by some of the reactions as admissions officers acknowledge that they should be more careful about what they say. And some of them have even gotten to the point that they say, we won't look at more than five, which we see as a really good research-based move. So here's the current situation, and I'm curious how this plays out in each of your schools. I'm wondering what your best guess is at the percentage of high school students who are taking six or more APs, maybe too many, um, 
depending on the student. It's hard to have a hard and fast rule for students in general. So I'm speaking um, in patterns and want to be deeply respectful of individual differences in, in, in sharing these data. And then the, I'm, I'm curious how many, what percentage of high school students in your school are taking what might be an optimal number, one to five in total? And what percentage of your high school students aren't getting access to any? Here's what it looks like nationwide in public schools. In public schools, 7% of high school students are taking what might be considered more AP than are needed. 28% are taking what might be an optimal number of one to five APs, and 65% are getting access to none of them. So our real agenda in the AP program is how can we move the 65% of kids who get none, help them get one as a starting point without increasing the pressure on the 7% to take more. Like, how do you thread that needle from a messaging perspective? How do you speak to both of these needs? Reducing the pressure on a small number of kids that are taking too many while increasing the opportunity for kids who have none. So with that in mind, uh, we're launching an AP pre-calculus course, and we want to issue a strong word of caution, warning, and advice. If AP pre-calculus is offered by your school as a course for the kids that are already on track to succeed in AP calculus, we would encourage you to rethink that. The last thing that students taking AP calculus who are well-prepared for AP calculus need, in most cases, is yet another AP another notch on their belt, another feather in their cap. Like these, these are the students that are at risk of feeling pressure to take more APs than they need. Whereas there are many students who don't begin Algebra 1 until ninth grade who have no shot at getting to AP Calculus, who would really benefit if schools put AP Pre-Calculus into place for them. So here's the situation with AP Pre-Calculus. High school Pre-Calculus as it is, is already in high regard and has been well-researched as an effective high school course. One of the glories of American high schools today is the strength of American high schools pre-calculus programs. Because from a content perspective, they use the same textbooks as colleges and they and, and cover similar topics to college pre-calculus. However, research finds that high school pre-calculus does a much better job of preparing students for college than college pre-calculus does even when controlling for differences in SAT score. So what is it about high school pre-calculus that is better? It appears to be the sheer difference in instructional time. If a student has the benefit of taking pre-calculus in high school, they typically receive 140 hours of support from their teacher, instructional time. Whereas if they wait, if they give up on math in high school, take it easy as a senior, and, and then retake math in college, they will have that same amount of content in just 48 instructional hours. So it's a, it's a huge advantage in American education to get more high school students to the point that they finish pre-calculus in high school rather than waiting and taking that challenge in college where 40% of students fail their math requirement. So AP Pre-Calculus is not trying to reinvent a wheel that already runs very smoothly in high school today. There will not be new textbooks required for AP Pre-Calculus. There will not be more instructional time. There will not be differences in topics in relation to what is typically taught in college and high school pre-calculus nationwide. So what AP Calculus will be doing differently is simply providing these students who are already taking an advanced math class with the incentives and supports they deserve, GPA bonus points, college credit opportunities, AP Daily videos to support their, their learning, free online practice through AP Classroom, and AP Teacher Workshops to, to support a teacher community. So we're really, again, not trying to do something different here. We're trying to come in and provide encouragement and incentives for students to stick with four years of math in high school and complete that math requirement in the nurturing and supportive and extensive environment of 140 instructional hours there. 
In short, our position is that every student who is ready for high school pre-calculus is ready for AP pre-calculus. In the same way that high schools don't offer AP calculus and regular calculus, they simply offer AP calculus. We encourage high schools to do the same with this advanced math course. Pre-calculus courses should simply be offered as an AP option for students so the students have the benefit of, of uh, or have the opportunity to receive the college credit that they deserve. There's no other AP subject for which that's true. There's no other AP subject where the high school course already is being offered at the college level. AP English, AP Biology, AP US History, they are all an advanced version of what is currently taught in high school. AP Precalculus is a comparable version to the advanced math that is already being taught in these precalculus classrooms. So please consider this as an option for your 12th grade students who, who will not have an opportunity to earn calculus credit but who deserve an opportunity to earn pre-calculus credit. And please consider this as an option for 11th grade students who deserve better preparation for AP Calculus. The most frequent scores in AP Calculus are ones and twos. So clearly a large segment of the students that are ending up in AP Calculus deserve better preparation and should be considered for, for AP pre-calculus opportunities. A second decision that schools need to make right away is whether or not you want to be part of the pilot of AP African American Studies next school year. There's a small pilot currently underway. 60 schools nationwide are piloting this course, and we'll be expanding that pilot to 300 to 500 schools next year. AP African American Studies is a multidisciplinary course, so it can be taught by teachers from a variety of different academic backgrounds, arts, humanities, English, political science, history, and so on, geography. So uh, if you're interested in having your school pilot AP African-American Studies, the time to act is now. We are sending out invitations this month to schools that have indicated a desire to be a pilot site. If your school would like to pilot, please send an email right away to this email address, apcoursepilot at collegeboard.org, so that we can uh, review your interest and provide an invitation. If you're invited to participate in the pilot, we need to execute a legal agreement with you for research purposes by January. There'll be an onboarding webinar for your school in February, and then AP Summer Institute's virtual and face-to-face -face next July and August. A third and final decision that needs to be made right now is whether or not adding sections of, of AP Seminar into your 10th grade English program would be useful. Again, the 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 reason here would not to be to provide one more AP for students that are already on track to take AP English language in 11th grade or AP English literature in 12th grade. But for students who are not on track for that, providing them with AP seminar as part of their English 10 experience can give them a really strong foundation in critical reading and critical writing that can be of tremendous benefit to them. So if there are students that you think would benefit from a more intensive reading and writing program that is project-based in 10th grade, we would encourage you to think about adding AP Seminar, combining it with your English 10 program. Why, 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 do, why do I say this? Because a bunch of schools have already disregarded our advice and done this themselves, and they have proven to be right. We designed AP Seminar to be a capstone course, and schools have largely disregarded that label and made it a foundation course. More than half the AP seminar courses in the world right now are being offered in 10th grade. More than half the AP seminar courses in the world are being offered as English courses now. And we found, as we looked into this, that schools were right to disregard our advice of making this a capstone course and instead to make it a foundational or an introductory course. Because when schools have put this into 10th grade, 10th graders have achieved 
86% of them who have taken this program have achieved a score of three or higher in it, compared to 56% of 10th graders taking other AP exams. So 10th graders have proven to be very successful when taking AP seminar. In fact, more successful than 11th graders who do so. So that's very interesting to us. And then we looked at how these students did when they went on to take other writing-based AP subjects in 11th and 12th grade. And we found that when you control for other contributions to success in AP, students who had the benefit of AP seminar in 10th grade were achieving statistically significant boosts in their AP scores in AP English, AP US history, AP US government. So if you're looking for a way to better prepare students who aren't currently on track for some of the APs that you offer in 11th and 12th grade, we strongly encourage you to think about offering AP seminar for some of your 10th grade English students who would benefit from that experience. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for this special presentation. Rachel and I will be back next episode with more tips and best practices to help guide AP coordinators as we manage student rosters in AP registration and ordering and prepare to submit our AP exam orders. Thanks again, everyone. We'll talk with you soon.